Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, author of Love Addiction, a book of love poems. With me today are my co-hosts, Leslie Lee and Terry Fallet. Hello, ladies. Hey, everybody. This is Leslie Lee, and I'm out here bringing that black girl magic that you've all been waiting for. Hello, everyone. This is Terry Fallet. I am... Just excited to share everything about love with everybody that joins us tonight. Our hope tonight is that we will reach people and maybe you'll hear something about an old situation and you'll be able to find a new way to handle things. Today's topic is self-love. I know everybody deals with you know it. You can feel it. You know when I'm giving off that insecurity. When I'm secure, people are looking at me like, oh, y'all, I want to be like her. And I'm saying to myself, no, you don't, because I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no clue. I'm <laughs> making it up every day. Every day I get I don't up, know. I'm maybe, maybe I'm the crazy one, because I just, I don't care what people think about me. Not to say that I don't care about people, but when I look in the mirror and look at myself and do an assessment on what kind of person I am, I feel like I need to like me as a person, you know, and not um, be concerned if Bob, Bill, Susie, or Samantha like me. I want to like me. When I look in the mirror, I want to say, hey, Trace, what's up, girl? You look good today. How you feeling? And know that I do what's right. You know, not perfect, but what I believe is right. Treat each other nice, love people, show love to people. And that doesn't mean you go around kissing and hugging and, and touchy-feely on everybody all the time. But just kindness. Kindness is love to me. That's how, that's how I think it starts. You start by loving yourself, looking in the mirror, and liking what you see, and loving what you put out in the world. Now, how do you I think as women, I think mm-hmm. as women, you know, we need to take some time to just love on ourselves. We're so busy trying to take care of everybody else. And so we're last when it comes into the loving ourselves department. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, with all the crazy things that we have to do, you know, hey, girl, chill out. Go, you know, soak in the tub and, you know, drink a glass of wine and, you know, just chill. It really helps with just, you know, getting that peace and that inner peace back together. I definitely agree with that. I know some people have a hard time, you know, slotting out the time. But even if you start with just, you know, five minutes of sitting on the ground and, and praying or meditating or whatever it is that you do, to bring things down is good. It'll help you to build. And next thing you know, you'll be in the bathroom for a half an hour taking a life, nice, hot, long soak in the tub. Starting to take care of yourself. I think that that comes, like, me personally, it came from a place when I started to believe that I deserved it, that I deserved mm-hmm. to take care of myself. I remember years ago I was out clothes shopping for the kids, clothes shopping for the husband, and I was with one of my girlfriends. She's like, can you please buy a pair of panties for yourself? Just one thing for yourself. <laughs> I know everything that everybody else needs, but what do you need? And I never even thought about that. Like, seriously, like you have to get to a place where you think you deserve it. If you don't think you deserve it, you'll never get there. If you don't think you deserve to love yourself at some point. And I'm telling you, it took me years. Like, and now at 50, I probably, I look at myself differently than I did when I was 20. I think I look better than I did when I was 20. I look younger now than I did when I was 20. I was struggling. You know what they say, black don't crack, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's like you look at yourself and you think about the things that you've gone through. And a a lot of it has to come from a place where I deserve it. I deserve to be in a better place. I deserve to love myself and take care of myself. 
I mean, just recently, in the last couple of years, I started running. Lord knows I don't like running. I hate it. But I do it. Yeah, I agree. You know, you have to say to yourself every day, I'm worthy. I deserve it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's things that you have to realize, I don't have to put up with this or that or this or that because I do deserve better. And that comes in, in loving thyself, you know. I talked to a woman this week and she's talking about this relationship that she's in and how her man is, is this and he's that and it's not this. And she finds like she's trapped. There's no way out. And she's stuck in this. And I, I, I immediately asked her, I said, well, well, what do you want? And she doesn't know what she wants, you know, but she still puts up with this nonsense. And immediately I thought to myself, she's probably not feeling good about herself. Because for me, if I'm in something that doesn't feel good, I have to exit stage left because I can't have all of that negativity in my life. I choose to be happy. And I think that's a part of self-love also. You have to choose to be happy. And yeah, going, going back to that 80-something-year-old uh, year woman, part of the issue for her, and I'm only guesstimating because I didn't know her, but part of the issue probably was that this was her second marriage. She didn't want to fail at the second marriage because apparently the first one wasn't to her liking or whatever. So there was a second marriage. So are, do we put up with more than we should because we don't want to let go of something, even if it's bad? Like, we'll hold on to something forever. Like, hold on to a raggedy pair. My husband wants to throw a pair of my boots away so bad. I'm like, if you touch my boots, I'm going to kill you. But I like them. But maybe it might be time to let him go. Maybe he knows something that I'm not willing to accept at this point. But in our relationships, do we hold on too long for something just because we want it so bad and we'll take it however we get it, how good, bad, or ugly it looks, and we just hold on to it for too long? That's not Well, sometimes it's, it could just be a bad habit, you know. We've just been mm -hmm. doing that for the, long, the longest time, and it's hard to kick some of those bad habits. So, you know, we've been doing the same thing 30 years. You just want to keep it up, even if it's good or bad for you. Mm. I don't know. I just, I know that for me, I don't want to hold on to something that's bad for me. But then I don't want to be by myself. And I'm not saying my relationship is bad for me. I'm not saying that. But I know a lot of people find themselves in a situation where the self-love goes out the window because now you got to look at what, is, what does it really look like by yourself? What, is it, what does a relationship mm -hmm. really look like if you really own up to what you really want out of a relationship and what you're not getting? It's a tough one. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've been by myself for a very long time. And, and in that time, I felt like had I not loved myself, I probably would have lost my mind during these, these years that I had been by myself and, and, and not with a significant other. Because as you all know, I am in love with love. I am addicted to love. I love everything about love. I'm one of those googly-eyed kind of chicks. But I also know that I love myself more than nonsense. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can't be, yeah, like, yeah. like you said, Leslie, I can't be in a relationship where there's all this nonsense and you don't make me feel good. What's the point of that, oh, waking I'm up every day? No and, okay. you know, there's the is, other side. Mm -hmm. There's the other side, too. You know, there are some people, they just love themselves, and you can't tell them that they are not it. So then you have the other extreme is, you know what, you probably need to take it down a notch because you are loving yourself a little too much to the point where you don't really see reality. So you Yeah, know, that, that exists people, for sure. 
some sisters, you know, you, you can't tell us we're not it. You know, I am it. I love myself. However, that can be bad for relationships as well. So, you know, I, you can take it to the other extreme. Is that good too? Is that, you know, should you just love yourself to the point where, you know, somebody else can't be in your space? There's definitely got to be balance. About, you have to have balance. What I think about when it comes to relationships is I think about not a, a sexual relationship, but relationships where I know that I had unconditional love. And I, I hope for that in any other relationship that comes my way. And I, the example that I'll give is I remember years ago, I went to go visit my mother's sister, and I hadn't seen them in years, probably 20-plus years. And when I walked through the door, they treated me like not a second went by that they hadn't seen me, and they picked up and loved on me like they did when I was that little girl. That's what I want from a relationship. I want that unconditional, if you got my hair jacked up today, you still love me. If I gained five pounds, you still love me. If I didn't pick up after myself, if I left clothes on the floor, you still love me. And I work that's on those unconditional other things, love. That, that unconditional love. If I can, not not if I can find it. I have that, but I'm still working on that and making it feel good. We've been married for 29 years, and we do have our ups and downs. But it's that unconditional love. When you find that, onto that, keep that. That person. Yeah. So are you all? You had to rate yourself on a scale of one to ten in terms of how good you love yourself yourself where are you right now i give myself an eight i give myself nine i was going to say i give myself a nine also i I am very in love with myself these days (laughs) (laughs) go ahead terry that's a bad how do we, if let's say we have somebody listening and they're struggling on this, you know, Terry, how did you get to your nine? Leslie, how did you get to your eight? You know, we want everybody, not just women, women and men, because men struggle from self-love too. They, they struggle. They may not talk about it as much or we may not be seeking those conversations as much, but I am sure that men struggle from that issue as well. So how do you get to that nine or that eight or that seven if you're at a zero or a negative one? Mine came over time. I'll be honest with you. It, had, it came from a place of, in my 20s, and my 30s, my life for me was not where I wanted it to be. And then by the time I started to hit my late 30s, early 40s, I'm like, enough of this. I cannot live the rest of my life like this. And that's when I started doing things for myself, knowing that somebody, there's an opportunity course for loving yourself and then letting go of some of the things that you used to do. I went back to school. Give me one thing specifically that you did. I I stopped. I reevaluated. I said to myself, if I'm going to be in this relationship, if I'm going to be the head of this household with my husband, I have to bring things to the table that make me feel good. I went back to school. I got Mm -hmm. my degree. I started Mm -hmm. thinking about what I wanted this life to really look like. I think in my 20s and my 30s, I was just flying by the seat of my pants. Like, woohoo, I I made it this far. I raised a kid. (laughs) They're doing well. And, you know, I had to stop and start thinking about what do I really want this life to look like? And then when I started to make those assessments, then that's when that self-love started coming in. That's when I started realizing, like, oh, maybe you could drop a few pounds. Maybe you could do something different with your hair. And then that's when those things started coming in. But when it was when I stopped and I took an assessment of where I am and what I don't want going forward. I knew what it looked like 
before. I know what the crazy right, right, right. is. But going right. forward, I wanted something different. And that's when I'm still on this journey of wanting something different. Yeah, I don't think it's a it's an overnight thing either. I think it's something that happens over time with maturity and wisdom and discernment. You have to choose the things that you want in your life, whether it is you know, laughter, peaceful happiness. What is it that you want and that makes you feel good? You have to figure that out first. And then as time goes and you mature a little bit, you know, I'm not going to lie. I used to do daily affirmations. I would get up, stand in the mirror. And, you know, as a young girl, I struggled with my hair. with trying to grow some hair. So, you know, people used to make fun of me and call me names. And that stays with you for a long time. And even though I don't have those issues now, I... I still had that feeling inside that I wasn't good enough because my hair wasn't this, that, or this, you know? But then I stood in the mirror. I did affirmations, talking to myself, telling myself that I look good, your hair's fine, do this, do that. And it helps. Little things like that help, you know? And my 29 yeah, I have time for that. Because Justin cut my waterbed mattress in the morning before I'm going to work. <laughs> Who got time for affirmations? <laughs> I got water running all over the floor. Are you serious right now? That was my well, crazy mommy. I was crazy mommy too, Leslie. You know crazy mommy. So we had to bring out crazy mommy so that we can get our act together in the morning. Oh, my God. This boy, I mean, with the, the, the activities that they were into and the things that they were getting into, I didn't have time to think. So when it when it yeah. got older and it calmed down a little bit and they chilled out a little bit, then I started thinking. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I mean, you definitely need to take time for yourself. And I agree with um, Tracy. It's a mind game. You know, what do you tell yourself every time you get up in the morning? You know, are you looking in the mirror and saying, okay, yeah, you, you're doing good. You, you got it. Let's go get it. Let's go get that money. Let's go kill it, whatever game we're in, whatever we're doing. Are you telling yourself that? Are you being positive as you walk out the door? Or are you saying, ah, you know, here we go again, another day. What's going to happen this time? So it's definitely a very exercise in what are you telling yourself every morning before you get out the door? It's true. Because in the morning, I am not a morning person. I'm not telling myself. That's it. I'm just getting up in bed. <laughs> I've never been All a right, morning so maybe person. Maybe it doesn't have to be an affirmation. Maybe it doesn't have to be an affirmation. Maybe you can just say things in your head. But, you know, whatever's oh, it could about be just you. listening to music. I mean, you know, right, rappers, right. You, you can turn on almost any uh, um, song and rappers love themselves. They are always on and up on themselves. It could be just music, mm-hmm. um, anything that's positive that makes people feel good. It doesn't have to be affirmation. Turn on the radio. Or well, maybe I should affirm myself at night because I am fully aware in the morning. Right, right. You're fine for affirmation <laughs> listening at night. You're grumpy as all get out this morning. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not a morning person. How about you do it all day long? How about that? That might work. There that you go. That might work. There I'm you go. Oh, hey, girl, what's up? Looking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I am so worried you or. Do you guys agree that that men struggle with with, uh, self-love as much as women do? Or you think that's more of a woman issue? Nah, it's it's a people issue. It is, right? Yeah, I think they struggle. Everybody, nobody's perfect. And I think everybody goes through periods of insecurity. Oh, well, you know what's interesting? Like, I have a lot of professional friends that struggle with these relationships 
And I think it comes from that man's insecurity, too, because on paper, everything looks great. Like, they match up, they line up, they're evenly yoked. But somewhere, when it comes to that commitment, these guys are running scared. So I'm sure that it has a lot to do with that self-love and not having that ability to commit because there's something that they're lacking. Because on paper, they look good. I think we've said it before, you know, when you're in that dating mode, everybody says they're representative. It's not really that person. <laughs> you know, you don't get to see the real person until like 90 days later. So, you know, mm-hmm. representative. representatives, just like we've got a representative when we're dating. That's true. Not, you know, they don't get to see 100%. We still got the cards up. We're not sure if this is going to work out. So, you know, I'm going to my representative and then you know little by little as you feel more comfortable but the same as we do we have our insecurities and we don't see them when you're first dating i just know that it's a shame that there's a lot of gameplay that goes on and i get the gameplay because i'm all for it when it's to your advantage but don't don't sell yourself short and show up with your representative all the time because your real you is going to show up and show out when you're least expected. You're so busy not trying to finish the food on your plate, guess what? You're going to devour a meal in front of that dude one day. And he's going to know you're greedy. You might as right. well eat the food. Eat the cake, right? Eat the food. Eat the food. Stop playing. Stop playing with me. Don't play with ocean. It's true. I'm it's true. The very beginning of dating, it will show up. The real you will show up and show out. So I just, you know, that self-love thing is real important because of the fact that when you really value self, you can appreciate anybody else that comes along. You can appreciate what they're bring to the table. Even if it's not where you think you should be in a relationship, you can still appreciate that person. You're not trying to bring them down or degrade them for any reason because you're loving yourself enough to know that this person is doing the best that they can in their human experience. Exactly. And, and it carries, you know, this self-love carries into your career. It carries into your school. If you're a student, it carries into any relationship you can have, not just with your significant others, but with your siblings, with your friends, but everything that you do in your life is, is based on that principle of loving oneself. You know, if you're miserable, and you can't stand yourself, that's what you're going to put out, <laughs> whatever relationship you're involved in. That's what's going to come out of you. As much as you try to send like a representative, that's what's going to come out for sure. I know those miserable people. I see them. Ooh, they scare me. Anybody that knows me, when I see that, when I see the miserable, I walk away. Know that about me. I will walk away. You have to. And I think you have to walk away. You can... Um, you know, grow in self-love for yourself is pushing yourself beyond, you know, your limits and your boundaries, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, trying something new, doing something that you haven't done before. You get a sense of accomplishment when you actually do it and you say, oh, wow, oh, snap, I actually did that. It mm-hmm. definitely helps build your self-esteem and build your love for yourself. Because, okay, now I'm going to keep pushing it, I'm going to push it a little farther, push a little farther. And do things I've never done before. And I also think you have to just like people in general. How do you not love yourself? I mean, how do you um, suffer from self-love? And it's possible that you just don't like people. 
you know. So, you know, mm. get around people that um, are positive, that make you feel good. I think that definitely helps. Definitely. I definitely. I honestly say that I married my polar opposite. I love my husband to life. But he has put me in situations and in things that make me go outside of my comfort zone. I am soft and pink on the inside and hard as nails on the outside. But if it wasn't for him, there was things that he made me do that I had no other choice, and it did push me outside of my comfort zone. Because I would have stayed right at my parents' house in Hempstead, Long Island, and never had left if it wasn't for my husband. He was the adventurous one. He was the one like, okay, we're moving here, we're moving there, I'm going to go in the military. And I was right by his side, running around crazy, looking crazy, but I did it. And it made me who I am today. Because if it wasn't for him, I would probably still be in Hempstead, Long Island, missing some teeth. Yes, yeah, I, I said think it. confidence, <laughs> confidence is a lot about self-love, having that confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without confidence, I think a lot of things change for you in your life. You have to have confidence. You have to be willing to... Like you said, Terry, step out of your comfort zone and do something different. And be bold. Have some guts. Because I'm telling you, the things that I've experienced in my life, it was because I had guts. I wasn't afraid, even though people didn't know that. If you didn't know that about me, I walk around, and I'm telling you, I walk around tough as nails on the outside. Deep down inside, I'm crumbling like, oh, shoot, I got to do this in front of everybody. But I'll get up in front of the whole whatever. Will you need me to speak? People don't know that about me. I will get up there and I will say whatever it is that you need me to say. You want me to speak in front of somebody? I'll speak in front of somebody. And it doesn't appear that I'm nervous, but deep down inside, oh, my God, am I shaking in my boots? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But I get up with the gut to do it. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know well, how that happens. Let's take a quick break and uh, pick this back up in about five minutes, okay? Perfect. Sounds good. Didn't you know this? Or didn't you know this? 
Love Talk. How are you doing? I hope you enjoyed the first segment. My name is Tracy Hines. I am your host. I am here with my girls, Leslie and Terry, and we are talking tonight about self-love. Listen, ladies, let me tell you about my experience today. I had the pleasure of having lunch with some 30-something ladies, some 30-something-year-old ladies, and we had the best time. And I encourage everyone in our age group and older, if you don't know a millennial, go adopt you a millennial and get yourself technology savvy. You heard me? <laughs> Stop one. Girl, <laughs> let me tell you what happened. This one young lady was talking about um, a gentleman that she's seeing and she's been seeing for quite some time. And so her friend was like, oh, yeah, really? What's his name? da 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 da, da. Got his name. Went to some app, pulled up an image of who he is, pulled up some articles that he wrote and knew everything about. I was like, see, that's what's up. That's what I'm talking about. There's no reason to be out here dating afraid no more because there's too much technology. <laughs> and if you don't know about it, get you a millennial in your life and stop playing. So just adopt that's one, right, Leslie? Is there, is there a special agency we need to go to? <laughs> way impressed. I was way impressed. You hear me? I was like, oh, my God. That's goodness. right. Google. Google Alabama. Google. And if you don't know, get somebody who knows how to Google. Stop playing. Stop playing. Technology is our friend, people. Find somebody that knows what they're doing. There's no right. reason to be out here skate, dating and afraid. Uh-uh. You can find out everything you want to know about somebody. Everything you need to know is on the Internet. Get you a millennial. 
So let me and ask also you ladies. They need us too. Because oh, yeah. a lot oh, of yeah. times, you know, it's the millennials and the young ladies under 30 that are insecure and suffering from low self-esteem. So they need us too. They need us to oh, help yeah. them with that and relationships. And we get all the, the latest gadgets and technology. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. Definitely. Oh, Listen, definitely. my home girl, we work together. Mm-hmm. That's how I got invited to the party. So, Leslie, <laughs> define what a millennium is, just in case there's somebody out there that doesn't know what that is. Define that for us, please. I don't know the exact definition, but it has to do with the generational situation based on when they were born, and I don't know the, the exact years when somebody's considered a millennial. All I know rough is that... Estimate, rough estimate. Just the age category. We're in our 50s, okay? So we need a friend late, that's how old? I'm saying mid-20s to late 30s would be many millennials. I'm not quite sure in terms of it's the probably exact like thing. between 20 and 30. Yeah, 20 35. And 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would put 35 in that category because a couple of the ladies yeah. that I was at lunch with, they're a little over, over than, older than 30. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I was so impressed. But I think that's why I'm able to hang out with them because – I do keep it real. I, I mean, if anybody knows me out there, I will be more than willing to share my story because my, my story is my story. And I'd rather you hear it from me than hear it in the gossip mill or the rumor mill and what you heard on the street. I'll tell you what it is. Right. And that's why I think people that age range gravitate toward me because it is what it is. Like I, I have like a few young ladies that have been in situations, relationships, marriages even. And when things went awry... I guess because I have that look on my face, like, girl, what you want to talk about? Because I will tell you everything. And they come to me, and I will talk to them. And the first thing that I always tell any young person that's in a relationship is, you know, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. It's the same thing applies, like, when you're on that airplane, and that stewardess says, put your mask on first. That's for real. <laughs> that is it is. Because if right, because if you can't breathe, you can't help anybody else. <laughs> exactly. That and that's what I feel mm-hmm. about relationships. Put your mask on first. You can't help them kids. You can't help that husband if you haven't been breathing in your own oxygen. It's that simple. It, 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 that's where it is. That's self-love. Put your mask on first. So you can breathe, and then you can help everybody else breathe. So let's say, you know, you're the person that you say, well, I think I love myself. How do I know if I'm lacking in self-love? It's obvious, right? Isn't it obvious? Or you think it's not? What's well, obvious? Um, it's obvious because you can tell by the way people behave. I mean, to me, I think when you see people that are attention seekers and, and, and need to be the center of something all the time, it's like, what are you missing? What are you lacking? Can't somebody else shine for a second? Yeah, yeah. And you listen to their experiences and nonsense that they put up with. You know, like the lady that I spoke to earlier this week where she was telling about the nonsense that she puts up with her husband. You know, it goes back to to lacking in self-love. And I hear some stories about dating that is just crazy. You know, it's just crazy that these girls are so, I don't know, they're lacking in self-love from the girls that I've spoken to where they just put up with all kinds of nonsense from these guys. Unnecessarily. Yeah, can you say no? You know, that's, a, I guess, one of the qualifications of self-love. Can you say no when you know something is not good for you? Can you say well, no? Well, no is a complete sentence. <laughs> I've been hearing that a lot lately. I've been hearing that a lot lately. No is a complete sentence. You don't need to add no adjective, no adverb, how we get there. Just say no. 
Just say no. You know, before on the first segment, we were talking about stepping out of our, our comfort zones and doing things that you've never done before. You know, I don't know how many people out there know that I have been writing love poems for I don't know how long. And, you know, I recently started dating this guy and, you know, I read my poems to him. Like I would never, ever read anything that I've ever written to anybody because it was so personal about what goes on inside of my head and in my heart. And when I read them to him, he was simply says, that's good, write a book. And I said, what? Write a book? He's like, yeah, write a book. Publish it. Go ahead. And I'm saying, but how can I tell the world how I feel? He's like, what's the point of writing it if you can't share it with somebody? You may help somebody. So in that process of writing this book and even sharing the things that I thought about love with him, I learned how to love myself on that level nine. That's, that's how I got to nine. Writing that book is how I got to level nine. Because at some point, it didn't matter what other people thought. This was me taking a step outside of my comfort zone. And the book, Love Addiction, was born. Wow. And it was and you thought so a lot good. better about yourself when you actually accomplished that, didn't you? I did, Terry. I did. I felt like, damn, I can do anything. If I did this, I can do anything. And it had nothing to do with, am I going to get rich? Um... Is everybody going to like it? It had everything to do with me setting a goal and doing it and accomplishing it and seeing what it does and, and, and everything else that goes along with that. So when you, when you touched on that in the last segment of stepping outside of your comfort zone, that was the one thing I think I did this year that brought me to level nine on that self-love journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is so cool. Can I just shout somebody out real quick? Yeah, girl, do what you need to do. Okay. I want to give a shout out to Kevin Rivers, my homeboy from Hempstead, New York. We have been friends since 110 years ago, and he said he gave me a message through Messenger saying that we're doing great. So I just want to shout out Kevin Rivers. Thank you, Kev. Kevin Rivers, Windsor Parkway. That's, you, that's where it all began, right? Thank you, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> that book was incredible. When you wrote that book, I was so proud. I'm like, oh, shoot, Tracy wrote a book. <laughs> I was so proud. I'm telling you, I, I, I shocked myself. You know, I shocked myself. Just in case you don't know what I'm talking about, go to my website, TracyJHines.com. There's a link at the bottom of the page, and you can click on that and get a copy of the book. The e-reader is $3.99, and the softback is $10.99. So check it out. Get a copy. And, you know, Tracy has wanted- always been adventurous. I know that one of the reasons me and you are still friends today is because there were things that I did with you that I probably would have never done. You were the adventurous person. And Tracy... All right, sorry, don't let all the secrets okay. out, okay? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not saying... I'm not telling Tell them about... Any other I'm about to make cases a hundred you know, years ago. You kind of had me, you know, do things that I probably would have never have done. And so I think it's it's great to have a friend, you know, that, you know, takes you beyond your boundaries, asks you to stretch your limits and be adventurous. It definitely when you get that high of actually having accomplished it, you know, that's where you said that self love comes in, knowing you can do almost anything once you set your mind to it. Right. And it's, you're not looking for affirmations from other people. You have to do it for yourself. You know, you have to do those things for yourself. Definitely. Now, in the earlier segment, I wanted to ask you ladies a question and I didn't um, get to it. Now, both of you have been married. Terry, how long have you been married? Um, 27 years. Yeah. And Leslie, you are? 29. 
29 years. Okay. In those years of marriage, try to tell me what role self-love played in making your relationships better. Well, self-love, yeah, if there was no self-love, there probably would not still be a marriage. Um, marriage is very hard. Um, look, I pat myself on the back every day, like, okay, I'm still in this thing. Um, and um, if I didn't have self-love, then I don't know if I would still be married. Um, I'm married to a very strong man. Um um, somebody that, it, and it's what I wanted, somebody that had a backbone and he is the man of the household. But you got to be a strong woman when you're dealing with a strong man like that. So sometimes there's things that may be said or things that happen that don't necessarily go your way. And you can go into your little corner, your little pity patty corner and, you know, cry and, you know, wish things were different or try and, you know, want to get out. But self-love is what keeps you in that thing, keeps you in it for 27 years. I know I can handle this. I know I'm um, worthy. And, you know, this is just a little bump in the road. You got to have vision to know that this is not the end. This is just a little bump in the road. So self-love plays a huge part in staying married. Hmm. All right, my turn, huh? <laughs> Go, girl. <laughs> All right. Um, we've been married for 29 years, and we had bumps in the road. We had potholes. We went down the wrong road a few times. We've been up the side of the mountain, down the side of the mountain. We've been everywhere. And I can honestly say that at some point in the beginning part of the relationship, I didn't have the self-love that was needed for me to maintain and sustain who I am today. But I do know that I loved him and he loved me. And through all the ups and the downs and the crisis and the ins and the outs, we were always going to be together. When I first met him, I told my girlfriend, Leslie, when we were in college, I said, I'm going to marry that dude. Never met him before in my life, but I just, I liked his style. I liked the way he looked. I liked the way he presented himself. But it took me years to match wits with this person that had this, this big personality. My husband has a huge personality. And I, in the beginning, got lost in all of that and trying to figure out who I was. So I didn't have the self-love in the beginning. I learned to develop it over the years. And I had to make it authentic to me. It couldn't be what somebody else presented in this world. It couldn't be what I saw my girlfriends doing. It couldn't be what I saw my mother doing or any other person in my life. It had to be my authentic self-love. What is it that it takes for me to love myself? Because I was getting lost. And then in the midst of that, I had two little kids. And they were following along and they were watching us. And my son to this day, I think, and they'll probably be mad at me to say at some point, I got to the place where not only am I loving myself, but I love this marriage. I love my husband. And they didn't understand what I was saying when I said, you better be teen parents. And they still don't understand that to this day. But I'm just saying that part of that relationship, part of that foundation is that it's the kids' role to leave you. So some people get involved in their kids so much that they call that self-love. 
but realize these kids are going to leave you. And then you're here with this man that you still haven't realized why do you even love him. So you can't immerse yourself in just your children thinking that that is some form of self-love. You better figure out what it is for you and how does that look for you because the normal order of operation is that the kids are supposed to leave. You're not supposed to keep them there. You're not supposed to hold them there. You're doing them a disservice when you do stuff like that. So you need to really figure out what it is about yourself. And I'm still learning. At 50, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I said, I walk around tough as nails on the outside, deep down inside. You can look at me like, mm-hmm, she's crumbling on the inside. I can see that look on her face. Only if you know me well enough can you detect that. I'm not letting everybody else know that I'm crumbling on the inside. So I'm still learning and I'm still figuring it out as I go along the way. But I can honestly say that after 29 years, there was a time in my life I said, I'm not fighting for no man. Uh-uh, I'll never fight for me. I'm fighting now because I didn't invest too much time. <laughs> I didn't fix him. I didn't made him who he is today. Oh, we, we fighting. I'm scrapping today. You hear me? I'm scrapping today. I'm not giving up that easy. Not at all. I hear you. At all. I hear you. All right, I'm that's interesting. Fighting. I hope somebody. It's a death match. Don't come for mine. I ain't coming for yours. <laughs> we good. That's right. The pot is nice and seasoned, and so okay. the pot is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I mean, it, I'm listening. Like, you know what I heard today too that I thought was very interesting. What's that? Thirty-something-year-old. Uh-huh. They were talking about one of one of the young ladies was getting married, and she was saying that some people who were getting married are having a hard time finding a venue because you got people out there that are booking um, venues based on the idea that there may be a marriage later on. So they know that they need to get this venue booked now because it's the opportune time to put your money down, and then eventually he's going to ask you to marry, and you'll have this fantastic wedding. I thought that was the craziest thing I've heard in my life. I was going to say, that sounds a little crazy. That sounds a little crazy to me. <laughs> Who was doing that? Are you... They're doing it. They were, they were discussing, like, some, some, some young people are out here. They are in these relationships. There's no ring or commitment as of today, but they know eventually they're going to get there. So they're booking venues to have the perfect wedding now without a commitment or ring or anything. That's crazy. Maybe it's yeah, crazy. That, I don't understand. No, that's that's crazy. You're lacking somewhere. You're lacking somewhere. That I don't think it's adventurous. That is adventurous, but I don't know if it's the I think that they're confident that everything's going to go forward. But if he hasn't committed, why are you doing this? Or if you both haven't committed. I'm not going to make this all about the man and what he has to do. If you both haven't committed... Why would you even think about getting a venue, looking for a dress, doing all these things? You haven't even gotten the ring yet. He hasn't, he hasn't proposed. What are you doing? Yeah, that sounds a little off to me. That sounds a little off to me. I don't, I don't know that's how what that they're works. doing. It's that's the yeah. norm for them. They, they are doing these things, and I just, I didn't want to take over the conversation today. But my, my advice to those younger people that are getting married. You better know you're marrying your friend and that you like this person because all of that wedding stuff, that's cute. But when it when the wedding's over and you got to go home and it's just the two of y'all facing each other, do you really like him? Does he really like yeah. you? 
That's important. And you know, that's you know what's coming and you're saying? That's going yeah, to come and go. Yep. All of this that you're saying, it still brings me back to the same thing. If you love thyself, you will find someone who's equally yoked with you that you can love and you can each love each other. You know, that, that comes. It'll definitely come. Like you said, the wedding day will come and go and then you're sitting there looking at each other like, uh, who are you? You know? Well, it definitely comes in phases because when you couldn't tell me when I met my husband 30 some odd years ago, like I love, I worshiped the ground that he walked on. I loved him. Oh my God. I defied my father for this man. And I never <laughs> defied my father. <laughs> I swear. Tracy, you remember your cousin? Here's my dad. Here's the Pope. My dad the Pope, right. above the Pope. That was yes, my dad. I my that dad was, was higher than the Pope in my mind, and I defied so not my only, dad to be with that man. Not only were you expressing self-love, you were expressing Joey love. <laughs> yeah, I thought back then, my father was going to kill me. But he, he ended up adjusting, but I'm sure at that point, he was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm losing my daughter, but I'm not going to fight her on it, so he let me make my decisions. But I'm just saying... At some point, when you are in this committed relationship, you better know that you even like him. And definitely like you. What about your kids? How do you teach? How do you teach your children to love themselves? You know, is that something that you can teach, that women can teach their boys, or is it only the man that can teach their boys? You know, none of us, oh, between no. the three of us, have any girls. So. definitely plays a big role in that. Definitely. Because, you know, the man... A lot of times, you know, if they, especially if they have boys, they're teaching them, oh, just be a man, suck it up. You know, you fall and you cut your knee, that's all right, just suck it up. You know, it's, it's the um, mother that's teaching the side about, okay, yeah, you hurt yourself. Let's go take care of this and make sure you take care of your body and, you know, you do this. And we provide a lot of the details that don't necessarily happen on, on the father's side. Um, so I think the mom... Um, because we just on we're the softer sex, so to speak. We do provide a lot of that self love, taking care of yourself, paying attention to your emotions that you know may not happen otherwise. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I know raising two boys, um, I had to teach them to love themselves. And if you talk to them now, you will know without any doubt that they love themselves. You know, and mm-hmm. and and that. And how you discipline them. I mean, it's not that I didn't discipline them and, and didn't yell at them because I did. Like I said earlier, crazy mommy used to come out so that things can get done. But if you're not teaching your children how to love themselves, then they're going to go through this cycle of nonsense and dealing with unnecessary craziness for lack of love, for sure. So and important. I think they I just see it through your actions. They, they, they're just going to see it on how you treat yourself how you react and respond to others when, you know, your interactions with others, they're looking and they're going to notice, oh, yeah, my mom, she's confident, you know, she seems to have good relationships with friends, you know, healthy relationships. They, you know, they've noticed a lot more than we think they notice. So a Mm -hmm. lot of our actions actually speak louder than words. 
I know that my girlfriend used to say this all the time because she was a middle child. And she had an older sister, younger brother. And she said that mothers raise their daughters and love their sons. And I know that I'm definitely guilty of it. The fact that my husband is rebel, this renegade, he was the man, just like you said, Terry. Shake it off. You don't cry. You're a man. Da 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 da. And I did bring that balance. Now, I don't know, you could talk to my kids and they might tell you something different. They might have me on a couch with their psychiatrist telling you something different. But I knew I do know that I always brought it back to you can be that man, but in that man space, know that you're in charge and that you make choices and you want to make the best choice for whomever's in your life, your wife, your friends, your your children. You're in charge of that. And I always used to let my kids know all the time, like, you're the man, you're in charge. Part of being, part of self-love to me is being able to be in charge and make responsible decisions. Because if you don't have a sound voice, how are you going to get people to follow your lead? And I see it a lot in my youngest son. My oldest son, I see it, but he's married and I try not to intervene in his marriage. But in my youngest son, I see a lot of he wants to be the leader. He wants to be in control. And I can see that based on his decision making. So right, somewhere right. they listen. They listen. And they do hear yeah. from their mother. I would love to know what it'd be like to raise a daughter, though. I really would have loved to see that. I find so it amazing. I find it amazing that between the three of us, we have nothing but boys. Six boys. That nope. cracks me up. No girl. <laughs> Maybe it's God's divine like intervention. <laughs> if I had yeah, a daughter, he knew, he knew like, what he I was doing. To, yeah, I said if I had a daughter, I'd probably have to kill her. Like you better not run and tell your father <laughs> nothing. Me <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> <Damn> you. <laughs> I would kill her. Yeah, you know, I kind of think that way too. I think if I had a daughter, I probably would have killed her by now. But if, I, if my daughter was anything like I was, I mean, when I was a young girl, I gave my mother a run for her money, but she handled she handled me very well, I must say. She handled yeah. me well. And she taught definitely, me self-love. Yeah, she definitely taught me self-love. I definitely agree. Your mother was a renaissance woman if ever there was one. Yeah. So no yeah, I mean, you know, we both had moms and dads in the household. Do you think you got your self love more from your mom or from your dad? I think it's you a combination. Know. It's a combination. Don't hate mm -hmm. me. I love my mother to life. But I got it from my father. My father was the boisterous he he had the voice. My father was the Take no nonsense. So a lot of my voice comes from my father because my mother was the wife. She was, even though she worked a full-time job, my mother was to come home and cook dinner for your man and make sure you give your paycheck to him because he's going to pay the bills and he's going to square you away. So I got a lot of my personality and who I am from my father. I was outside helping him with yard work and helping him fix the cars and all that stuff. Leave all that house stuff for my mother. It was both. My mother, of course, you know, my mom and dad were divorced when I was young, but my father was very active in my life. So I spent time with both and I got to see how each of them interact in their life with their friends. And it was all positive. You know, my father, you, he was the man. Okay. He was the man. Nobody couldn't tell him different. I love my father dearly. And he taught me that, you know, he has a lot of self-confidence and self-love and same to my mother. They both taught me that. So I didn't struggle too much as a young girl. But you know, when you're young and you're in school 
sometimes schoolmates can be mean, and when you're dealing with things, school is tough and self-love is tough. But as you grow, you remember those things that you learned growing up, and they just come mm-hmm. into your life, and you blossom from there. Terry, where do you think you get yours from? Um, you know, I asked that question, but I really, it's hard for me to answer. My mom was the total opposite of Leslie's mom. My mom was a workaholic, so she was gone before we left in the morning, and she didn't come home till like, 9 o'clock at night. She worked in a beauty salon, and she was there all day long. So uh, my dad really raised us. I guess, you know, it's a combination. I saw a lot of independence in her, so that those actions helped me just become more independent. Um, but then the self-love, a lot of the stuff, the recreational stuff that we did, we did it with our dad. So he was mm. the one showing us, you know, how to take chances and, you know, do this thing and go for this sport and, you know, get your confidence here. So it was a combination of both. Yeah. Ladies, if you, have one, if you have one thing um, to summarize, what would it be? Um, I thought about that because I knew you were going to have us say something at the end. So I did find this quote that I like, and it says, find the person who wants to learn every aspect of who you are and hold on to them. I think it's important that you are in a relationship with someone who really cares about who you are. Not that they're attracted to you because that fades. But who are you, and do they care about that person that you are? That's good. That's good. Terry, what about you? Um, I think before you get in a relationship, you really need to love yourself. Um, it's hard enough just being in a relationship and melding two personalities together. So before you get, you know, all bunned up and uh, tied into another person, just, you know, like I said earlier, take some time out for yourself. Um, know the things that you like, know the things you don't like, and just be very comfortable being with yourself. Agreed. And me, I'm the daily affirmation girl. You know, if you're building self-love, get you a book that has daily affirmations and, you know, just talk to yourself and, and keep reinforcing the positive things in your life and about you and know the things that make you happy and gravitate towards those things. In closing, I just want to remind everybody again that we are on every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. I'm glad that you joined us. Please go to my website, get a copy of my book, Love Addiction. Uh, I am totally addicted to love, and you will find that in my personal and intimate poems. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you all next week, and come and share the love. Thank you again.
You seem like your own time. You feel like a good guy. 